Welcome to another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane with Voice Matters, and I am here as always with Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm great, Michelle. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Hey, you know who, who I'm doing better than? Southwest Airlines. That's who I'm doing Mom. better than. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I think we all are. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, first of all, let's just say anyone who was trapped in that tobacco, we are so sorry. I cannot yeah. imagine the stress. I mean, I always get angsty even when they, they play the little, oh, we're slightly overbooked. Who would like another ticket? Because I am a rigid traveler. I booked my flight because I want to be home X because I have all these things to do after. So, oh my goodness. It has just been quite the season for them. So we're going to talk about that a bit today. You know, what happened from a communications point of view, uh, from a business perspective, I know, you know, one of the things that really came to fore was, you know, as as word got out of what was really causing this problem, and I think this will help us as we advise our clients of, you know, don't shortchange investing in your company's infrastructure. In this case, you know, having this archaic manual call-in system for staffing, because, you know, if that crashing well we saw what happened yeah and, you know don't put that off yeah i mean i you know it's interesting because of course when when anything seems to go wrong with an organization and it becomes public knowledge the general public will label it as a pr failure this yes. wasn't a pr failure this no. was an institutional failure or an organizational yes. failure yes however i think as solo pr pros it's important for us to take a moment and to understand again and and i know that we do but it's a good reminder how important it is to be really embedded in yes. your business and understand so yeah. You know, for example, before, and I'm sure many of you do this, if we're working with a client on, you know, any type of a big launch, we ask about technology questions. We ask, and we also ask them not to do anything new before a launch. So please don't go making adjustments to your website before a launch. Don't do these things. But right. we always like to run through any type of customer facing system ourselves mm -hmm. right at the beginning of our engagement to understand what that looks like to their user base. Even when it's B2B, we ask them to put them, you know, let us into those systems. We want to see more than the demo. We want to actually be able to do what customers do in whatever system that is. If it's, you know, a website area where they're going to get information or how they're running their system, we want to see that because yeah. that allows us to then say, well, you know, here are some gaps. Here are some things that you can look at. I think it's important that we get comfortable looking at things from the external um, facing viewpoint so that we can advise and be proactive before it becomes an issue. In this case, with Southwest, understanding how scheduling happens and, you know, pointing out like we need to make some changes. They could have made changes. I mean, God, it was quiet dur during the pandemic. <laughs> You're right. They had all that time. Now, I, I did. <laughs> I, I I did read one piece again, not 100 percent verified of the the different points of view of the 
CEOs. The I guess the one that had been in place for about 10 years or so was very much focused on the bottom line. And that's really all that mattered. Didn't really matter as far as the health of the company and its ability to, you know, move into the future and keep up or just, hey, provide basic service. But I think that's so key what you said about our seat at the table as a counselor. Don't be afraid to say jump out of your lane. There's probably a better way to say it. But you know, take yeah, take that initiative if you see something that you can, you know, foretell is like, oh, oh, that's not maybe going to end so well for you. I really suggest, you know, this. That that is part of our job because Yes, our job is to handle crises, but it's also our job to help them prevent the crises to begin with. Absolutely. I I mean, and this is why I like starting every engagement with a thorough assessment of the business. I mean, we look at the competitive landscape. We look at all of their, you know, marketing assets. We look at everything. And, you know, am I a website designer? No. But can I look at a website and go, this is confusing. Your value proposition isn't clear. Absolutely. Can I look and say, well, when I hit this, there's a dead link. So I, you know, always advise adding that time into the front of an engagement for that, you know, assessment. And then you can start to make some recommendations and put it in a report. And I, I do this a lot. And it's funny, I always find stuff, Mm -hmm. always find things that need to be fixed. Clients really appreciate that. They appreciate that you're taking a whole look at your business and you're coming yeah. at it with fresh eyes. So yeah. we all know how easy it is when you are looking at something all the time or you're part of a company for a long time, you can miss things because your brain almost starts to not see them. Yes. And yes. so, yeah, I think it's unfortunate that, you know, for a company that seemingly is so devoted to service they really missed it big time on making sure that the components that go into serving their users failed so dramatically. Yeah, I I agree. I think that that is probably what was part of the shock to our collective system because of all the airlines to expect that from you think, wait, the, the, the jokey flight attendants, that, that airline, yeah, they messed up. Hold on. What's happening? But, you know, ask the people that were stranded in airports for several days or shoot, even the crew that couldn't get to where they needed to be to do their jobs. Just so frustrating on such a monumental level. And, you know, I think that this is one of those things that could have been definitely managed with a proactive crisis plan Mm -hmm. and some attention could be drawn to that because you would think, okay, we know that holiday seasons are busy. We have some information or we had information going into 2022 that travel rebounded with a bang. Like it was off the charts. Last year, the travel season was busy. Last year, we saw a lot of cancellations. So you're sitting down as a comms person and you're, you know, working within the organization and working through crisis scenarios. I would say weather is an obvious one and then a big rush of holiday travelers. And so it seemed natural to to have a plan and to look at, okay, are we equipped to handle these things long before we ever got to December, 2022, this should have been addressed. And so it really is unfortunate. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen some statements about can Southwest airlines buy back buyer trust. And Hmm. 
as a communicator, that brings up something else, you know, for us is it's, it's hard to do that these days, you know, coupons and discounts and monetary offers are not necessarily winning back consumers trust, or, you know, even if those consumers are B2B consumers, because we have lost trust in institutions over the past several years, institutional trust has declined. Yeah. We already don't trust institutions. We've seen it really erode that old brand loyalty. People are comfortable in in so many situations switching brands. So they're not going to necessarily stick to a brand. And if you mess up big time, you may have lost them forever. So buying them with monetary rewards is that doesn't cut it these days. And, And I think it's important for us to understand that. Yeah, no, that's very true. And especially, you know, certain industries have these reputations, right? People, you know, tend to slag off on them of, oh, airlines, of course they're going to, uh, yeah. you know, nickel and, you know, nickel and diming you with bags. I'm of the school of thought of just charge me $50 more for the ticket and make me think you're providing a service. Because yeah. a lot of this is also psychological. Um, to go back to the bit of having the crisis plan, it's it's really unfortunate for them because apparently they couldn't acknowledge that they had, you know, a mechanical issue in their in their scheduling system that needed updating. So they were probably also blind to, well, why would we need a crisis plan? There's no crisis. Everything's fine. And 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 that does unfortunately come back to sometimes you do have to spend the money. You know, your marketing team is not a frivolity. It's a necessity. Your your comms department is there to help you shape your brand to keep those customers loyal. And if your activity doesn't match up to that, I think that further damaged them that they had such a great reputation that, you know. And I, you know, as we help our company, so, you know, we, we, it is our responsibility to protect the brand and reputation of our clients. And as part of that responsibility, I think it's really important to enforce that brand loyalty no longer comes just by meeting expectations. So if you're an airline, then that means that when your customers pay you, they're expecting you to take them from point A to point B. Right. That's expected. So if you do that, that doesn't re- win you brand loyalty. You have to go beyond meeting expectations in order to gain brand loyalty. And that's important for us as PR mm-hmm. practitioners to remind our clients that just doing what's expected is not exceptional. It's just you've met their expectations. Right. You know, you sell a software service and it works like it's supposed to, then you you you've met the brand promise. That's great, but you're not exceeding expectations. You're not delighting your customers. And right. so you have to really think about what is it that we can do beyond those expectations in order to instill brand loyalty and to strengthen the trust between us and our publics. Right. I I think a big part of that would have been, could have been right away. No question. Yes. Hotel vouchers. Yes. We're going to make sure you get, you know, meal vouchers, you know. And I would say that even that is meeting expectations. Well, right, right. But the fact that that's exceptional, if you're responsible for making me, you know, not be able to, you know, I paid you to get somewhere and you're not taking me there. Right. And you need to accommodate me. That's just 
baseline. Oh, it is. It is. And the fact that they missed on that is like, come on. You know, the fact that it took, you know, experts saying, these are your rights. You need to demand them. And and it makes you think, oh, my gosh, seriously, they had to demand the basics of what they're legally bound to provide? Are you Absolutely. kidding me? You know, it, it was just a spectacular thing. And, and I do feel bad because some of the accounts I've read of the employees, they, they had employee loyalty and employee pride in the brand that was built, and which was great to see and refreshing. And it was, you know, it's such a bummer that now they're deflated. So now they've got really two problems. Yes, internal and external, yeah. which is terrible. Yeah. Because, you know, who gets it? The, empl- the, for- the customer-facing employees oh, exactly. are always going to, you know, hear it. And so often we diminish, you know, their input. And, and that's, you know, not us as communicators, but a lot of times institutions will diminish that input mm-hmm. because it's not high enough in the organization. And that's, that is another big mistake. You know, that can't happen. We need to take that feedback from every level of the company and ensure that we are who we really say we are. And mm-hmm. I mean, th- you know, this whole thing is unfortunate. I, you know, read yeah. a story about a woman who had a destination wedding that she missed <sighs> because of Southwest. I, you know, as a PR person probably wouldn't have planned a destination <laughs> wedding during the <laughs> holiday season when it's naturally crazy, even when no. it works the way that it is. And no. <laughs> When the weather is really wonky, but you know, listen, she had hope. She different had strokes. Hope and she planned it and she missed it. And I'm thinking yeah. going above and beyond would have made sure that passengers like that got to wherever they were going to go by whatever means necessary. Get yes. them on another airline. Yeah. You know, just do yeah. what you have to do. Rent a bus and drive people to, yeah. you know, another airport. I right. mean show right. up for them in big ways and they will yeah. reward you with their loyalty and their dollars. Yeah. That's, that's funny. You mentioned get a bus. That's exactly what a local marching band had to do. They were chosen to play in the peach bowl and their tickets were with Southwest. So thankfully yeah. their travel agent summoned a tour bus company and got them there. Not the way they had planned it, but but wouldn't it Save have been cool day. if that had been done by the airline itself? Like we're right. going to get you to your destination. I mean, right. there are yeah. all stories about strangers who rented a car together and just yeah. drove to their destination. But, yeah. you know, again, if we talk about going above and beyond, that's not expected, but those are right. the kind of gestures that help people to really be like, Oh my God, you know, I can't believe, yes, it was a mess, but here's what they did for us. So no. It's true. And, you know, even as often as we say, look, business is business, but when your business is helping people and yeah, flying is, I'm helping you get from point to point. The fact that if they could have shown, yes, we care so much about making sure your experience is good, that we do go over and above, even though we're spinning right now, that would have spoken so many volumes and really have turn this whole thing around. So it's, it's a bummer all around. Yeah, And I think, you know, it's funny as we're talking about this for, you know, independent PR people, we of course have a little bit more control over our own reputations and our self-worth, you know, unfortunately in-house comms people 
are only able to do what they're able to do. It's correct. I truly believe that many of them know exactly what to do. Many of them counsel the right things to do. They're not heard. Right. But I will say that I forgot where this point was leading, but again, it's really important (laughs) for us to understand all of the parts and to make the right recommendations to document those recommendations. We can't force clients to follow our counsel. If you have clients who continuously ignore your counsel, I would say it's probably time to find a new client, but you want to cover yourself Mm -hmm. and have things documented. Like I pointed this out. We have meetings about this. I shared the recommendations. I counseled to do this. These things failed because I'm, I'm telling you that brand loyalty thing is so much harder and it's not just about being in a competitive environment. It's just, again, because you can't be willing to just do what you said you're going to do. That's baseline. Mm-hmm. That's not going to get you loyalty. It's not going to have people that are raving fans about your company. These days, you really have to go above and beyond expectations. And, yeah. and I think, you know, for years, we used Harley Davidson as an example of that. And it's not because they met expectations. They went above and beyond expectations. The same with Disney, who has also a company that recently lost its way and is trying to find their way back with Bob Iger returning to the helm is that they didn't just meet. They wanted to exceed and create this magical experience. Well, those that mindset is not only something that Harley Davidson or Disney can do, that's something that every company in its own niche can yeah. and should be striving to do. And it's something that as PR pros, we need to take to heart as well. Are you just yeah. meeting expectations or are you, what are you doing to delight your customers? What are you doing to really incite and motivate loyalty to your brand and to your company? What are you doing that people, when somebody says PR, your client says, oh my God, you have to hire Michelle yeah. Kane. <laughs> and you have to hire Karen Swim. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, there is that fine line between over-servicing, but I think it's, it's just the way that you carry your yes. relationship with your clients is, you know, and, and I will tell mine, I'm like, look, I'm your champion. I am going to be, you know, even when I'm looking on social media for my own benefit, if I see something that, you know, shady about you or we know people are bad talking to you you know we're, we're gonna not that i'm gonna just start a flame war but my my point is i i have your back yeah and i think that is you know a major step in in exceeding those expectations of just well here's your three posts this month and uh, i wrote this release not yeah. thinking well what else could we do this how could we do this a different way how can we get you more recognition blah 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 blah. so there there are ways and, and competitive intelligence if, you know yeah i think that's something yes. that you don't expect of us on an ongoing basis but sure competitive intelligence not that yeah. you're sharing your customer secrets but it means that you're always looking at the landscape you're looking for trends you're looking yeah. for things how can you help your customers innovate and grow Bring ideas to the table like, hey, I saw this and I thought that this could be something good that we could adopt. So that's going above and beyond. And I agree with you. We don't want to over service. That's a mistake because now you're setting unrealistic expectations. But you do want to find ways to delight the people that Mm -hmm. you serve 
so that you're you're not just at that baseline level, but that they really, really want to stick with you. They mm-hmm. are loyal to you because you've shown that you are loyal to them. And, and yeah. I think that that's where it starts. Am I loyal to my customers? Am I, as you said, a champion for them? Am I, you know, and I think that's why we all love being solos is because we really get to work with companies that, you know, they're our jam. We love them. Yeah. You know, we love what they do. We love the people. And so we can really like get on the front lines for them because we yeah. care. If you're serving people that you don't care about much, that becomes not impossible because sometimes it is about a transaction, you know, right. you have to do a job and you do it, you know, right. sometimes projects are like that. It's not that you don't like them or you don't believe in them. It's just, you know, may not be eh. that exciting. Eh, it's all right. But no, <laughs> it, it is a good time when you, when you do have that relationship with your clients and you can believe in them and, and yeah, and it's not hard to go above and beyond a bit. You know, without yeah. hurting, you're not going to hurt yourself. We promise. Yeah. Well, we hope no one was injured listening to this podcast. <laughs> we hope you got some value out of us today. And if you did, please like us, follow us, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, share it around. We'd really appreciate that to get the word out. And we thank you for joining us for this episode of That Solo Life. Mm-hmm.